Do you hold the belief that the human body carries our stories, emotions, and traumas, and that it has the ability to heal itself? Are you interested in deepening your understanding of your whole self? Are you excited by the idea of engaging in a living dialogue with a sense of wonder and curiosity? Welcome to Anecdotal Anatomy, Science and Stories, a series of casual conversations about what it is to live in a body. Expect tons of stories and the occasional science lesson. Even science can be told as a story. I'm Sherry Sadoff-Hank. And I am Teresa Tobin Macy. We are your hosts for Anecdotal Anatomy. Welcome. You found us at Anecdotal Anatomy. This is our first podcast, and we are so happy that you are here to listen, to join our community, and to be a part of the conversation. We're just thrilled that you're here. Thank you for listening. And as we go, we really hope that you'll become an integral part of the community and the conversation. Now, at this point, we've got social media to be able to hear your stories, to be able to field your questions and your musings. And so use it. Go on. Find us on Anecdotal Anatomy on Facebook and Instagram or wherever you can Google us. Um, but we really, this is about hearing your stories and you know, touching into the individual part, but also the collective universal part of our stories. In this podcast, we're going to talk about mind-body connection. We're going to talk about the koshas. We're going to talk about personal journeys and how they evolve over time, the stories that our bodies hold and the stories that they tell. And to begin with, we'd like to share with you the model of the koshas. So the kosha model comes from a yoga yoga tradition. And I'm looking at the Google translation right now just to give some structure to this, but it says the Sanskrit word ana means food and the word maya means appearance. And so appearance is can also be translated as illusion, you know, don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. But so the koshas are layers, they're sheaths. They are, if you if you were to Google the koshas, you might find a picture of an onion, you know, with layers that start out with the food body and then get smaller. Um, you might find a Russian doll model picture that shows the stacking and of these of these layers. But if you can, for just this purpose, imagine that all of these layers are of equal size and equal significance because they are interdependent. They are the things that make up our whole selves. So the koshas are layers. We have anamaya kosha, which we're going to deal with today, is the food body. It's the appearance, the feeling of this physical body, the container. There are four others that we will be addressing as we go. And the idea that we are an integrated whole so as we move forward in Anamaya Kosha and we're talking about it, we will work as, as well as we can to stick to the food body. But they are so integrated that it is sometimes hard to keep them separate, even in conversation. The, the physical body and what happens and what we experience through the physical body, the senses, the felt sense, the somatic part of our lifestyle this all happens in the physical body, but all of those somatic experiences also touch our energetic body, our thoughts, our emotions. They lend themselves to our acquired wisdom and our experience of what bliss is. 
But so we start with the food body. We start with the thing we can see. We have a container and that's what this Anamaya kosha is. We, all of the different koshas have equality within who we are as a being. But the body, that's where we're going to begin. And I think I'll, I'll start if it's okay with you, Sherry. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Talk so to us about the body, Teresa. Let's talk about the body. I love the body. The body, the body. Yes. You know, as a body worker, I have a lot of experience with the body. And having a body, I have a lot of experience <laughs> with the body. <laughs> so our body, I'm going to tell a story about my skin and the transitions that I have gone through. And so at this moment, my skin is something that I'm focusing on a lot. I've recently been um, diagnosed with some squamous cell cancers, and some of them are on my face. So this is a very physical Anamaya Kosha event. If you look at it on its surface, which is what the skin is, right? It's our surface. It's the boundary that says, this is Teresa, that is Sherry. And everyone out there who's listening, the boundary of your skin says, this is me. So the skin is asking for my attention. And that was hard for me to recognize at first. I don't know why I took the skin and somewhere in my sciency brain made it a little bit different than all the other systems in the body, <laughs> right? It is the boundary. And if you said, oh, it's a cardiac, you know, it's your cardiovascular system or your digestive system, I would have been like, oh yeah, I got this. But somehow the integumentary, and the first time I said this to Sherry, she said, don't you drop that bombshell without telling us what that means. <laughs> so the integumentary system is our skin, our hair, our nails. It's the part that we see of each other. So I had a lot to deal with. And honestly, preparing for this podcast has been a gift for me to be able to go through this process of finding out what treatments I was going to use, how I was going to navigate through the different medical treatments that are prescribed for me to help alleviate and reduce these precancers and cancerous cells. So at first I began to remember that that was the physical. My body has this. And I had to go back and realize, how did I get this? Like, where do these skin cancers come from? And I'll talk about that in some of the others because there's words that appeared as I was a child. I'm very sensitive. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Sometimes I cry too easily. So I had it in my mind that I was thin skinned and maybe that was a negative thing because that's how I interpreted it. I interpreted it as being a negative thing. And so maybe that was showing up in my skin. This story I told myself about being overly sensitive. But then I also began to realize as we went through this, that the skin, my skin loves the sun. I love being outside. I loved spending hours with my sons um, when they were young, taking them to the park and feeding the animals, feeding the ducks, reading on a blanket with my sons or sitting on the beach with my sisters, enjoying my sister time and, and building relationships. I, I love to garden. 
to be out in the earth with my hands in there, either planting flowers or bulbs or food, just being outside. So I began to realize that my skin was showing me a variety of different experiences within my life. And some of them I interpreted as not very complimentary and others were pure bliss of times that I spent outside. You know, the idea that some of these skin cancers are directly on my face, that can be a little bit scary. We don't know what's gonna happen when we treat them. We don't know what the end result of a surgical procedure is going to be, how it's gonna alter onomyakosha, the physical body, the thing that we put forward. So I am blessed and honored to share my story. But, you know, and every time you tell the story, it feels more embodied. Your healing journey is, is right in, forgive me, but it's right in your face. Like it is when you see you, you know, you're going through something right now. You know, it is clear that you have a healing journey that you are on. I have also been experiencing an enormous amount of healing through our conversations, just talking about these koshas, the different layers that create this wholeness, starting with the physical body. Now, I was never, I was in theater, but I was never a dancer, like a legit dancer. In fact, I was once put into a class, like the, the advanced class, because the teacher later told me, you know, basically that I was a clown and that people needed to lighten up. So I had to take the requisite dance classes and movement classes and all of that, but I still never felt completely embodied. I never felt like someone who, for whom movement or exercise was something exciting or interesting, or, you know, I was more heady. Like I, you know, I'd get lost in thoughts and get lost in the creative process and, um, and sometimes even forget that I had a body. And then one day, a friend of mine, this was in the late 90s, 1990s, ah, last century. And she said to me that I had to take this particular teacher's class. Now, this particular teacher, she goes by Lippy, and she was at Om Yoga in New York City on 14th Street. So I go to this yoga class, not knowing what the hell was going on, why I was there. And, you know, I've told this story a few times, so I don't want to retell it in the same ways that I have. But I will just sort of fast forward through this to say that I had an experience in my physical body that was unexpected. And anyone who's done yoga knows that, you know, or yoga asana, I should say, the, the one of the limbs of this practice um, that deals with the physical body, anamaya kosha, will tell you that you might start on the physical side, but over time, you begin to touch into the more energetic, esoteric places in that body. But, you know, it's still inside your body. It's still you. So this was unexpected that there could be a physical experience that could tap into so easily the other parts of me that I honored, at least at that time, maybe a bit more. And so fast forward, you know, I practice, practice, practice. I'm loving my practice. I still don't have a whole great, my proprioception is not great. I don't really understand how my body works or, you know, the shapes that I'm in, I'm in a shape and the teacher's like, let's all go over and see Sherry not do it right. <laughs> not, I didn't say that. Let's all learn from what Sherry is doing. <laughs> and, um, and I, you know, I had a sense of humor about it because honestly, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing and that was, that was okay. So many years later, I moved out of the city and got married, had babies and, and all of that. 
And then I find a studio in Bucks County where I currently live and increased my practice, continued, got my training, you know, got my certification and began to teach. And I taught yoga and uh, asana and meditation for 10 years. And then, you know, we get to this point where I really felt strongly that I needed to repot this plant, which is an apt metaphor because the physical body, it represents the earth element. And so this particular plant of me, of Sherry needed, I don't even know what it was, but I, apparently it was this podcast. It was these conversations, you know, a few years before in 2018, uh, I became vegan. My daughter, Cassidy, she actually um, spurred it in our family, spurred it on. We all sort of followed suit. I can say in the beginning, I really thought just becoming vegan would be helpful health-wise for my physical body. So I go for the health. And then I realized, you know, I had been a vegetarian off and on since 1988. And with times when, you know, I love cheeseburgers, it's not that I don't love a good cheeseburger. I just choose not to eat them. In other times when I was just vegetarian, I wasn't a purist. So I would have these lucid dreams about cheeseburgers and eat them and then feel a little crappy and then go back to being a vegetarian. There's something about the vegan choice that I no longer felt that I, I could make those exceptions. Yeah, there was a certain purity in the choice that is still kind of guiding me for now. While it is easy to be a junk food vegetarian or a junk food vegan, because Oreos are vegan. You know, there's are they? oh yeah. Not All right. Maybe. They even have gluten-free ones. <laughs> no real cream in, in milk's favorite cookie. Um, but but the choice to not deviate, to stay on this path, even though I was also going through menopause, another Anamaya kosha thing putting on a few extra pounds that my metabolism was not used to, you know, everything changed. And so with the physical body necessarily come these changes, this feeling of the body in constant motion and constant, like our cells, Teresa, you got to help me out here. How many years do the cells completely change? We can give a blanket that every 28 days or so we've okay. kind of gone through all of our cells, but each cell has a different life expectancy and a different turnover rate. And a turnover rate isn't a great word to use, there, <laughs> but a rebirth um, uh-huh. rate. So the point is that like the body is always changing. It's mm-hmm. not always visible. It's not always felt, but there is always a sense of motion and change. And so this work that we're doing uh, to understand these layers, to to use our own lives as metaphors for exploration, to be able to ask ourselves questions about habits and you know how how strong are we holding on? How how tightly am I holding on to this purity piece of being a vegan? Because it ceased to be about health and became more about the animals. Which let me just tell you, shocked the shit out of me. I love, I have four animals. I have two dogs, two cats. I love animals, but I also kind of always believed in a food chain and, you know, that there's history around, you know, but there, and I do, I, I'm not a vigilant vegan. I'm not someone who is out to proselytize the world. I'm just really curious about how this has affected my own thinking about my environment, my own thinking about my own choices. And sometimes in my own veganism, I have felt a little bit lost in some of the choices that I make for myself. In the whole experience of being in a body, it's those moments of being lost that are really, I think, some of the most potent because, you know, at some point we're we're in motion, we're going to end up like what the journey, the hero's journey, 
the hero's journey, we leave our homes, we leave what's familiar, we have these experiences and meet these archetypes along the way. And then when we return home, we realize we never really had to leave. But the irony of that is we had to leave in order to realize we never had to leave. So in some ways, you know, understanding and exploring the koshas are detours in our bigger exploration of ourselves. And, you know, we started talking about healing and, you know, the in-your-face kind of physical healing and then the more energetic spiritual healings, the things that, you know, we are, why we're doing this work. I was thinking about Lissa Rankin, who I watched her TED Talk many years ago on the nocebo effect. She gave a story, like, I think, so, you know, when we're, memory is a crazy thing. So, Lissa, I apologize if I'm misrepresenting you, but this is what I remember was that one of the first times she realized the magic of the human body was when she was little and she got a cut and she could know that all she had to do was put a Band-Aid on the cut and the cut would heal. And so the, the body's wisdom to be able to heal itself. So if it could do that with the superficiality of a paper cut or another cut or a burn or, you know, something more superficial, we're not talking about major, major shit. But maybe we are. Maybe that little tiny cut is an indicator that the body has the ability to heal itself psychically, physically, emotionally, on all the different levels of the koshas. But we do share a sense of this wonderment of the things that we don't know, that we realize there's so much more in this world that we don't know than what we do. So when we have the data and we have the hard science to share, we will. But to remember that these are just conversations that we're having about our experiences, anecdotal anatomy, you know, that anecdotes are not in replace of science, but they are a part of the scientific process. You know, anecdotal, I, I'm a body worker. I've been a body worker since 2004, a massage therapist. So when I graduated from massage school, the more I connected with people, the more I touched. And I've literally had thousands of clients that I have worked with. I have an abundance of touch and touching the skin of others in their healing journey, because that was... That was what was available. That's how they invited me, their massage therapist, into their healing journey so that we, for whatever part of that journey that they needed me for, we could walk it together. And so I was invited to touch. And the more I touched, the more I began to notice some of the other coaches will talk about the energetic connection the of two people being in the same space, the energetic connection of touch, my skin touching their skin, and really being able to sit in that healing space, to hold healing spaces for people to have whatever that experience was. So I walked in with a, I got this. I studied what I needed to study. I know all my sequences. I got it. I'm going to look at this physical posture and make some choices and then get in there and work. And it wasn't very long that I realized that Anamaya Kosha was just a threshold to a conversation that was beyond words between myself and my clients. And it was the threshold of me stepping into the deeper layers, not only of myself, 
But by making the journey of stepping into the layers of myself, I stepped into a much richer and deeper professional relationship with the clients that I was serving. And so that changed and it grew and it evolved. But massage didn't have any research, evidence-based information that said, if you come and see me, I can do this for your back pain. And here is the research that is going to support that. A client would come in objectively or subjectively, give me their story. I would objectively collect some data that I recognized. We would embark on a journey together and results would happen, right? Because both of us, I was in there as a provider to kind of bring attention and awareness to different aspects of what I found. So people would say, oh, Teresa, you cured me. Well, that's not so. <laughs> I'm a facilitator who is able to deepen awareness and awareness is that self-love. Self-awareness is our, I guess our springboard for self-care and self-love. We have to discover. And that is, I think, my big why of why I love the coaches, mm -hmm. because they are that roadmap to self-discovery and to be able to adopt a variety of different lenses in any situation and look through it and peer at that situation and be able to say, I see your physical body. I, I understand that. But then to make it this spiraling journey inward, I love spirals. We spiral into our center with each of these different practices. And then we spiral back out. We emerge different than when we went in, a little bit transformed. And I don't want to simplify it by saying we go in and we come out and we're completely healed in a different person because we're looking at our shadows. We're looking in the mirror we are giving ourselves that space to enhance our awareness. I love what you said about the senses because it's true. The senses are portals, they're thresholds. They're the way that we experience the world. Even if we are deficient or you know, have some situation with one or more of the senses, they're still there. The portal in. So this is what makes these conversations even more complicated and more integrated with each other with these layers is because each of the senses can be somehow it can coincide with a kosha. So, you know, this feeling of, you know, the mind, you know, the mental kosha, maybe the um, what we hear with or what we read, you know, this feeling of visceral connection, what we smell, you know, we can use all of these senses to connect even more deeply with our physical bodies in some ways. So that is to say that, you know, different practices for Anamaya Kosha may not be so obvious. So we're going to be doing a couple of practices today, just, you know, and you can do them with us. You can, you know, hit stop and do them and then come back or, you know, however you want to, to do it or do them later or don't do them at all. But to say that it might take some, some effort to connect the practice with the kosha. And I think that's even part of the conversation is there could be an argument to be made for pretty much anything. You know, you can find data to support, you know, yay or nay on anything that you want to. Google has, has shown us that for sure. So maybe that's part of the conversation is creating these connections that 
you know, from the gross to subtle, from obvious to esoteric that we can, you know, talk about, that we can explore, that we can, can we think of another word for explore? I don't have my thesaurus up. I, that we can <laughs> excavate, that we can, you know, manage. I don't know. Investigate. You like Quincy, maybe, right? Right. Yes. Investigate. You love Quincy. So, um, <laughs> and how he's able to read the body and solve the mystery from the body itself. So maybe it's investigate or collect information, right? Let's, let's, practice. let's practice. Let's practice. practice. Do you want to practice first or second today? Um, I think I'll go second because I'm going to do mantra and I want to leave with some of that, you know, vibrational, infinite stuff. What's stuff. it called? Vach? The, the God. Yeah. I don't know enough about her to talk about her. <laughs> but if you can Google Vach and it is about like vibration and that continuous flow. So Sherry's going to share a mantra with us as our close for today. I don't know that I love the word rituals. But maybe, maybe so, that the practices can become a ritual. So I'm going to use it in relation to my skin, because that's what I'm talking about with Anamaya Kosha. Part of what has been offered to me by my physicians is to use a cream that helps to shrink cancer cells and also to heal or remove precancers so that we get them early on. So this cream is like a chemical peel that I'm doing on my face. And if you've ever had a chemical peel, you know what that is. So I put this cream on. The cream is a little burny. It's a little red. It's sometimes very uncomfortable. It causes blisters and peeling. But what really fascinates me about this procedure that I've been offered is the name of the medication. So imagine, Sherry said, if you could see me, you would know that I was going through a healing journey. That's because my face is very red right now. It's a little bit burned. It's got some remnants of blisters and peeling. It's got a little scar from a previous surgery. But the name of the medicine is, well, it's not the chemical name, but the common name is F-U-Dex. Now, take a minute. F-U-Dex, right? You might want to make a hand gesture and put a little mudra into the F-U-Dex is the name of this medication. So that is part of my skincare. And it was a hard one for me to swallow because I looked at it as being injurious in my first stages of application. But then I realized that it's just a different kind of self-care. And so I made a practice of applying this medication. It's a 21 to 28 day <laughs> process. So it's a long time of creating a pattern of something that I am doing to myself that I find to be a little bit uncomfortable and sometimes a lot uncomfortable. So now I have a practice and I'm going to say Abhyanga, but I'm not a... Um, Ayurvedic practitioner, I might not get it all right, but that's the way that I am going to talk about it. So I begin my day brushing my skin and I brush all of those top layers because our skin naturally regenerates itself. It, we drop skin cells all the time and it actually feels amazing 
to brush the skin. So I'll go through my entire body, beginning with my arms and my chest, my abdomen, my back, as much as I could reach, my legs, and just really connecting with the sensation of this brush. And it feels amazing. And in my mind and my visualization, it stimulates my lymphatic system. It calls in all of my responders of healing from the Anamaya Kosha, from the physical body. And then I've got this great oil. You can pick whatever oils you love. I happen to like argon and jojoba. Sometimes I'll put essential oil blends together with them. But in this process, I'm going bare minimum, very basic carrier oil. And I will take the time to massage my skin. And I highly recommend trying that. It is such a tool of awareness. Everybody, we need to touch ourselves. We need to touch and understand ourselves. Mm. To feel what we feel, not only with the hands that are massaging us, but with the receiving part of the body. Is it tender? Is it soft? Is it pliable? Is it smooth or is it scaly? And so I'll go through this with Krishna Das playing in the background. I want to know love, right? So I'm talking to my inner child, the child that played out, the child that thought she had thin skin, the child that was overly sensitive and cried too easily and saying, I, love, I see you. I love you. It's okay. I'm here to care for you. And when I finish with that, then I take a deep breath and I make the transition to F you Dex, but with the understanding that this is also a powerful self-care that has been designed to be curative and to minimize any future treatments, surgeries, or damage from all of the time I loved spending out in the sun. So I'm going to offer uh, a mantra today. And the mantra is, it means may all beings everywhere be happy and free. And at some point, I believe Sharon Gannon from Jiva Mukti added, and may our words, thoughts, and actions somehow contribute to that happiness and freedom. Now, she didn't add it in Sanskrit, just added it to the meaning, the overall meaning of this mantra. And the reason I picked this one is because I think it is all pervasive. I think that the word being, may all beings, may all physical beings that contain all of these koshas, um, also have the liberty and freedom of, of happiness. And so it also, it asks us to live in that reflection and to see that we are all interconnected. And so that's what I'm going to offer today. I'm going to say the words and then I'll pause so that at home you can either say them out loud. If you already know them, you can just begin. The words are, there are only four words. First one is loka. Loka. The second one is samasta. Samasta. Sukhino. Sukhino. Bhavantu. Bhavantu. Loka samasta 
Suki no Bhavantu. Now I'm going to chant it three times and we'll end with Om. You can join in anytime. You can start with me or you can just join in. I like to bring my hands to my heart in prayer pose to connect my thumbs to my heart. I had a teacher who once said, when you work with your hands, you work with your heart. And so that brings the physical body in connection to your own beating heart. Loka samasta suki no bhavantu. Loka samasta suki no bhavantu. Loka samasta. Suki no bhavantu. And if you have bowed your head naturally or out of your own choice, you can begin to lift your head, drop your hands, and gently, if you closed your eyes, blink them back. And just take a moment to notice. If you chanted, there's any residual vibration in the body, noticing where it is more prominent, and then allow that vibration to flow out through its most local exit point. <laughs> It could be your fingers, it could be your toes, it could be your kneecaps or your nose. That rhymed. It could be your ears or the top of your head. So when you're ready, you can come fully back. We are thrilled that you were here for our first episode. So looking forward to seeing you again soon. Stay tuned for next week when we continue our conversation to include Pranamaya Kosha, the layer that is our energy vitality, and life force. Some of you may know the word pranayama from yoga, referring to breath work. Both words have prana, which is our vitality, and our prana rides our breath. Don't worry if the language is new to you. The essence is universal and revealed through our stories. Please help us grow. Like, follow, rate, subscribe. You can find Anecdotal Anatomy on your podcast platform of choice, including Spotify and Apple Music. Our mission is to create community and connect through our individual and collective stories. Share your stories, questions, and musings on our Facebook and Instagram under Anecdotal Anatomy. Original music composed and performed by Keith Kenny. Episodes produced and edited by Judith George. And a shout out to our photographer, Cindy Fatsis, whose eye and talent are also a part of our story. We are your hosts for Anecdotal Anatomy. She is Sherry Sadoff-Hank. She's Teresa Dobin-Macy. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>